This podcast contains sensitive topics, including suicide. If you feel like you need to talk to someone about your mental health, there is help available. Don't be afraid to open up to your family or friends. If you're in Australia, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. They offer free 24-hour crisis support and suicide prevention. For those of you overseas, I encourage you to find out what services are available to you. Cats Out of the Basket, the podcast. I'm Huzzy, and it's good to have you back here today. Thanks for tuning in again. Always appreciate it. So my guest today is Emma. How are you, Emma? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. It's good Good to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. So first question is, uh, how, how did I get to know you, and how did you find out about the podcast? Well... We met at uni. Um, surprise. Yeah, like most <laughs> surprise. guests, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, I met you through when you were president of Los Latinos, and we attended a few of your events, and we just kind of, we were both, like, doing our, do, I think we were both in the same kind of headspace. I was doing my master's, you were doing your master's, obviously, mm. in a different department I was, Um but we met at the same time and we had kind of the same responsibilities on our shoulders. And I guess when you relate to someone, you kind of sort of get along and then you understand each other's things that you go through. So, yes, I think from my recollection, that's how we met. And then we bonded over similar things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, that's how we got to know each other, I guess. I guess if you have anything to add, I guess my memory and um the second question yeah how did i hear about the podcast um i remember getting like you you were told we had a conversation about this i think that you wanted to try to do a podcast and um i remember like watching it come and then listening to other people's journeys and experiences and then um I was compelled to definitely come on and I wanted to have a conversation as well. I thought that would be great for myself, especially uh, with the things that I've been through, especially feeling like I've dealt with this very much in a, in a space where I've never opened up to anyone about it. So I felt like that was very important for me. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's that. So should we kick things off with the mysterious golden Chinese question box? Yes, pick we something shall. Out and see what Let's we see. Do. Oh, it feels it feels like I'm actually going in through something. Oh my god, Lord have mercy! There are a lot of little questions. Yeah, but people don't think that because a lot of the same ones come up. <laughs> oh, okay. But hopefully, you get something. This is new. very impressive, by the way. Thank you. I I try my best. Okay. <clears throat> oh, interesting. If you could have any feature from any animal, what would you want? Hmm. See, I wrote that one because the way I see animals is that 
they all have superpowers, whereas humans kind of don't. Like, their superpower is, like, our intelligence and we can make tools and stuff like that, but mm. animals just naturally have superpowers. Does it have to be, like, an animal animal? Can it be, like, a Pokemon? Okay, you're just looking at me like, okay, yeah, no, it's going to be an animal. Because <laughs> not everyone relates to Pokemon. That's actually true. So we'll, we'll stick with animals. Um, hmm. First thing in my mind I got was wings. Mm. I really would love to have like really nice wings. Um, if, if there's any Pokemon listeners, Charizard's wings came into my mind. But right. anyway, I want to have very strong wings so I don't have to pay for flights. Mm. So I can just fly. That's one thing I would love, like especially with Sydney traffic and everything yep. and the crappy rail system. Mm. I would love to just be able to fly everywhere uh, or even, oh, but yeah, fly. So probably like... Uh albatross wings because they can do big distances Mm -hmm. yeah you got it that's exactly what i want cool good choice how about you how about me yeah if you could pick any Uh, feature yeah wings would be good i reckon wings would be good or maybe like maybe gills too yeah it's basically whatever gets you across water for me yeah (laughs) because we can do basic like basic engineering like within a country but like anything to get through like the water so mm. i could get past yeah i gills would be great too yeah yeah all right you want to try another question yeah yeah actually i just close the box yeah all righty unfolding unfolding do you think you would be friends with your parents if you went to school with them oh god what a question before i start talking <laughs> <laughs> uh I guess just a simple yes or no and maybe just a little why. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually having a think. Actually I hard. think I would. Yeah. I think I would because at the crux of it, my parents are good people. Mm. Like from my standpoint, if if I did have a, like if I did say so myself, like my mom and dad have very good intentions and um well, you know, with people, especially with friends, you don't exactly agree with everything they do, but you always stand by them because you love them and you support them. Um, and they are good people and they have such good intentions. Mm. So for me, um, for sure, I definitely, if I saw, if I met my parents in human beings other than, um, yeah, I think for sure. Mm. Yeah, I would be friends with them. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. so it's not a case of like, Oh, yeah. My dad was a geek or something like that. <laughs> no. Oh, my dad is. <laughs> okay. But, um, Sorry, that's geeks. No, no, no. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit geeky in my own way. Mm. Um, I just think, like, when I, when I look for friends, um, I don't really probe interests or look at them and go, oh, yeah, they look as... Like, even their interests don't matter to me. Like, elements of character are very important, like honesty um and just ethics and just this idea where you where you're where you're just like yes um i believe in this and i'll stand by them that Mm. quality is extremely valuable for me when i look in for companionships and friends like because friends to me are not just an asset they're a companion Mm. someone who spends time with you maybe for a period and then if you do part ways it should always be in a very respectful way yeah but that's how i view relationships in a way Okay. Everybody everybody has their time in life. We stay together for a period and then we part as well. But I feel 
even with, yeah, either you leave or you walk out, whatever the circumstance. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Good answer. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, that brings us to the main chunk of the podcast stuff. Yeah. So I just want to like ease our way into it by asking you more directly, what made you want to open up on the podcast? Oh God. Um, it was, it's really interesting. I don't think I was like, I, I don't have a direct answer for that. I just had a feeling when I was listening to, I think, um, one of your first listeners, I can't remember her name. And when she was having her discussion on her experiences, I, I felt like um, there was a moment when I was listening to her and I was like, you know what? She sounded at the end of it. She was, she sounded a lot freer and whatnot. And I, I was like, I, I just wanted to talk. I mm. think that's the first thing that came out. I'm like, I wanted to talk yeah. and it wasn't a moment of, um, it wasn't a moment of like, oh, you know, like I really want to share a story. It was just like, I just wanted to talk. And then I messaged you. I was like, hey, I have this, 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 but I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is classified as this. And then, but you were super open. You were like, hey, look, come. It's, and that's what I appreciated. Cause when you have something you want to talk about, you don't want someone to go, no, no, like, uh, I've heard many no's. Mm in my life and hearing that yes was like I, whatever I've heard in my life is that if someone's giving you like a space where you can have a conversation or talk I I feel very very compelled to share something yeah. and it makes me feel a lot more happier or not happier but just thankful yeah, yeah. well no worries and, and hopefully the, the listeners will get something out of hearing yeah. your story as well that's I hope so. Yeah. If there's anything that they can get. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone can learn from everyone. So That's I true. I think it, it should be all right. All right. Well, I'd like to ask you, how did you notice there was something not right and what sort of signs did you see and how old were you at the time as well? Mm. I think um, from a very young age, I... Um, I had a very interesting upbringing and relationships. My understanding of them was never fully clear. Um, I, when I was in school, I didn't have very concrete, like primary school, I didn't have very concrete friends. I was always in my own area. And I think um, that that experience in itself when I think in hindsight I'm like I never really had anyone that I spoke to and um that made me put me in a very strange place because I have a have a very strong background in performance and in my work so I was always in this position where I never had any direct friends the ones that I did have never stayed um they always walked out and I never knew why. So my work became my friend. Mm. And that started defining me. So from a very young age, um, my work was my friend. And my music was my friend. And uh, I felt like that's all I needed. So I went hard on it for a while. And um, I ended up feeling like I didn't have 
I didn't feel actually. You know what? I'm I'm going in rambles now. So at that, I'm just gonna get that really clear. Um, during school, primary school, I didn't have very many concrete friends, and I sh- transitioned into high school, determined that I'm gonna make friends, and that did happen. I made a lot of friends, um, great friends. I don't keep in touch with all of them, but I still have very close relationships. But um, when I was in high school, I still remember um, that old habit died hard. I had friends in the playground. I had friends everywhere. But getting close to people was not a challenge. It's just um, it never happened. Either they would back out. No one was on the same page as me. So I used to go into the music rooms and play piano all day. Partly because I didn't own a piano, partly because it was the only thing that I understood. And so I've put myself in that position for seven years. That's a long time. Um, Then I went into uni and that's when I started getting good friends. Mm. Started getting good friends, started exploring. I went to an all-girls school, so going into from an all girls school back into an environment where you have boys and girls, it's a very it's a very different area. And so when I got into uni and started to get more complex with um different people, I felt like I did open up. I tried a lot of different things that I couldn't do in high school. Obviously <clears throat> there's a lot more um when you're 18 and you're in uni, there's a lot more things that you can try and there's a lot more things you can feel when you're with other people, learning about yourself. I took salsa classes at, you know, Los Latinos. That was fun. Mm. I was exploring my um, personality, just trying to figure out things. And, um, and yeah, finally I was getting to that place where I was making good friends and when I started making those good friends now I still with very good friends and I'm in a place where I can definitely say they will take a bullet for me and I can take a bullet for them but um before that getting to that point I fell out with my best friend and I fell out with lots of people and then I went into shutdown and it started affecting my grades and then I to the point that I was just going insane and I was paralyzing myself like I literally had days where I would wake up brush my teeth and leave the house and then get to uni and I wouldn't I would like how did I even get here I would just have those mental blanks and like it just drives me like crazy and then one day I'm like this is not normal this is not normal I'm not in my senses and I think I, I I broke down at my friend's birthday party just randomly when there was all these people. I just literally started crying out of nowhere and my friend said, you need to see someone. Mm. And yeah, I, that that's why, that's where I think I felt that there is honestly something wrong with me. Mm. Um, it's really hard to explain. Okay. I, I want to deconstruct it. I was just trying to bring it back to the question, but I will deconstruct that as we go along. Okay, well, what, what <clears throat> just, you, you sort of, hinted at some signs that you saw so like you broke down that one time is there any other signs you saw like besides yeah also like feeling mentally blank or whatever so what else did you notice that was going on I I feel um it was mainly the signs is 
I've noticed is people affect me like in a, in a way because I've never I felt like I, I wonder if it's related to my experiences that I've had but I've had this um, self-blaming attitude in myself for a long long time on you know you just putting myself down constantly in terms of my relationship not because of what I do because in my professional life and in my work life I, I I'm completely confident that's one area in my life where I've been excelling completely well but mentally if you break it down I was completely I didn't have an identity I didn't know how to socialize with people um even if I did I'd socialize out of you know professionalism I'm really good at that I'm great at small talk I'm great at relating to people but on a deeper level I I I suffer I'm terrible at it I've noticed this Mm. I'm, I'm I'm afraid of that and whenever I try to go in there I just break down um, anyone who tries to get close to me was always like telling me like you're really tough you're tough I can't I can't get in and it's something that you're holding down um that's I think that's one of the signs and yeah I I'm trying to break it down like like right now even talking about it, it's kind of interesting Mm. um I remember one one moment after that breakdown happened actually maybe I should mention why um someone I really deeply cared for just ghosted me I'd been what do you mean ghosted uh, ghosting as in someone who I'd been speaking to for like three or three or four like a full year we were like really close like close friends mm. very 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 close like 3 a.m in the morning we would still stay up and talk and we would just have conversations and I was going through lots of stuff and they were going through lots of stuff but then they just automatically just ghosted me like they ran away they just stopped messaging me stopped contacting me just disappeared everything gone Facebook everything and for the first time that knocked me back then on top of that four other friends just started ghosting me and whatnot and I was involved in a lot of work where I would be working with lots of people and every time someone would ghost me I would be like well is it my work is it this is it that and then that bled into my confidence and then the only thing that was holding me up was my work crumbled and then I was left at ground zero and that's when I think I started breaking down at my friend's party because it was kind of it was kind of a situation where I was like you've got so many things going for you I've lost everything and then I'm gonna lose my everybody it's just that that thought came in and then when I broke down just randomly my friend just came over my friend came over shook me the other and she's like you need help you need help I mean you need to go see someone mm. and so I remember the next day I went to see the uni counselor yeah <laughs> so was it sort of like a sort of like a gradual build up it of was stuff? i feel so like it was what sort of like time period did that occur that's in, about in around right now it's 2018 that was about 2013 yeah so that when do you when do you sense the build up of stuff started happening the build-ups definitely started actually no that wasn't 2013 that was 2014 the build-up started around 2011 quite a few years yeah 2011 but before 2011 um i would say 2009 
as well. There was events in 2009. And I think that this was all just an accumulation of so many things that I'd been holding inside. And that's what happened when I went. Um, I remember at the end of 2015, actually, I was working on an assignment. And I had a wedding the the night after. But I don't know. There was a moment. This was for my master's as well. I was putting together um, a research paper and I was sitting down and I was doing my work and as a master's student, you're constantly overworked. You're constantly like, especially in my program, I was doing this master's of research program where it's kind of like a mini PhD kind of environment. So the way I was studying it, it felt you were very isolated, even though you've got a supervisor and everything, but it's still a very isolating experience. And Mm. that's how I felt mentally. Um, the lack of, the lack of like mental support that I, I guess, I think I just needed a lot of mental support that year. So in, in that year, um, I was, I remember I was doing my assignment and then I've, I broke down and then I just started emailing Macquarie university, uh, their, their helpline. I was like, I was like, I'm definitely having terrible thoughts and I called them. And they emergency contacted me and I was having, I was just like, I'm going to do something stupid if I don't talk to someone right now. Mm. And they said to me, we're going to email your lecturer. Everything's going to be fine. Just don't, don't panic. Go to this wedding. I said, I can't go to this wedding because I I feel like I want to see all these people. And then they said, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you need some happiness. Mm. As a first time, like that line, I remember when they said to me, maybe you just need some happiness. Um, and that was, it was just, that was the first thing I heard. Uh, I remember now I'm just talking, I'm opening up my own can of worms. Um, that same year, someone in my family was deceased overseas, my first cousin. Mm. Um, he was, he was just, just he, he just got, he got killed mm. basically. And <clears throat> that impacted my mental health as well at the time. That was about two months earlier. And I, and I had to be there for my, my mom who raised him and it was a terrible ordeal and I didn't have time to cry. Um, I've seen, I also think like it also, I've seen a lot of death very early in my family Mm. and yeah, death, it happens, but mentally it puts you in a very dark spot. Like when you're very young, when you see it, when you're like progressively growing older Mm. and people that I've interacted with who are just no longer there because of freak accidents it just it just puts you in a very dark spot mm. growing up, and so this constant idea of losing people, um, feeling like you know you're at the center of it, it, it just it just does something to you, and it did something to me at that time. So I remember when I called the counselor and I spoke to them, they said you need to come in. You're you're not okay. Mm. So they told me to go to the wedding. Then the Monday after, I went saw them. And they said, you should definitely get, take this further because you're not okay. And you may need just maybe for a little bit. Mm. So I ghosted the counselor (laughs) because they said, you know, and I, because it was going to turn into something. And then I was like, is it going to be medical? And it's like, we can't, you know, we can't rest assured, but your mentality and your mental health is most important. And I was like, no, I can't do this because this is not something that we do in my culture. <clears throat> yeah. So that brings me to that point. I, yeah. I wanted to 
bring up because this is the point where I normally ask people about their diagnosis, but you told me you hadn't received one, and the yeah. reason for that was you know cultural barriers. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a bit about cultural barriers you face towards seeking yeah. professional help for your mental health? Yeah, the, the thing I'm most scared of, was most scared of, was having it on my history. Mm. That's why I didn't want to go and see someone, especially for it. Because it, it, at the university level they have counsellors and, and, some, and some of them, and I saw a psychologist on campus as well mm. um, about mental health. And they were saying maybe you might need to be referred to a psychiatrist who prescribe, and that's right, right? They prescribe psychiatrists. Yep. Yeah, thought so. Um, and I was like, when they said that word, the, that word, I was like, no, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I can deal with this. And I did deal. With, like, yeah, okay, I dealt with it and that whatever. But I would not recommend the path that I took. It's not, it's not healthy. It's mm. definitely not healthy what I did. It it took me a lot longer. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, the cultural barriers, um, it's not even... In my family, that's not how you deal with things. And obviously that's a dumb thing to say, and I agree. It's very dumb. Because I, as, as a child from a cultural family, um, you follow what you see. And I followed what I saw and I, I've seen a lot of a lot of um, my family go through a lot of mental strain and whatnot, but they dealt with it in their own way. But so I felt very weak. I felt very weak that I had to speak to someone else other than my mom and my dad or whatnot. Also, I guess um, just for the viewers, I'm actually Muslim. So... In a Muslim family, when you speak about something to your parents, it's not the easiest thing. And I always spoke to my parents when the problem is solved. Mm. I always tell them the end thing. I never involve them in my conflict because, number one, I feel like they'll get stressed. That's that's number one. That's how I think. I don't feel like they should deal with any more stress because that's how m- my family deal with it they they get worried for their kids and that's because they're parents and i and i get that do you think this is common to like other muslim households uh, i can't speak for everyone i guess i mm. definitely can't i feel like i came and, and i feel like everyone every kid will say this regardless of if they're muslim or whatever nationality they are or, or whatever belief system they have um everyone believes their family is different mm. I definitely feel I would have put my mum and dad in a deeper worry and I wouldn't want to do that because they worked hard, you know. Like I, I, I've got immigrant parents. They worked so hard and they don't deserve that. So I dealt with it on my own. And That, um, that was your attitude at the time, right? Yeah. So you think maybe now it would be kind of different? No. <laughs> no. I, I still would deal with it. I think now um, now I'm a little bit older. I will tell them like I dealt with it, and I'm like I'm taking meds, and I and I want to. I want you to know that. Mm. Now I have a lot more accountability. Like I am happy, but at the same time I'm in a good headspace, so I can confidently say that. But I don't know if I don't see this thing. I don't trust myself when I'm not totally there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm I I can't speak for myself if I. 
if I'm if I clock out again in, in that headspace, mm. if I start having that terrible depreciative thought about myself, I wonder if I will seek help because I didn't at the time when I was I was still an adult. I was in my twen- early twenties. Yeah. So you never know. I would like for me to seek help, and I would like to think that I would. I did in, in my own way, but in that kind of way, a medical sense of help. I don't know if I would, but I would like. I, I would. I would like to believe I. I would. If that makes any sense. Mm. I'm trying to be as truthful as I can. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm not gonna. Sh- I'm, I'm not gonna tell myself. Yeah, I'm gonna seek help, but I hope I will. Mm. Just like I. I tried, and then I did overcome it in a very terrible way. Actually, I escaped. I actually went overseas. <laughs> yeah. I just traveled, mm. which helped. And um, I'm, I feel like it's it's definitely helped, but um, at the time, mm, yeah, I yeah in culture in my family, I just didn't want to put it on my parents' plate. They go through a lot. My parents they work really hard. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess that, that was my main barrier. Okay, well, because um, you wouldn't have heard this yet, but in the previous episode with G, I sort yeah. of discussed. Um, you know, I've, I've made reference to the fact that it seems like there's this mental health revolution going on that yeah. she sort of pointed out, like, actually, it's sort of like more a Western thing. So do you think you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's not enough conversation in our communities to have these sort of conversations. I, I, um, I've seen in like, I remember when I was in Los Angeles last year, there was a lot of, um, I met a lot of Muslims <clears throat> And they're starting their own. It's it's very new mm. in their community to start mental health conversations. It's it's not new, like like not in like not like new if you past ten years, but for us it's super new. Mm. Um, and they have their whole. They're trying to create this more awareness about it. You have people that deal with a lot of things just to, and they need to speak to someone, someone relatable to start with so they can start the conversation yeah uh that's the first step because in usually you go to community leaders or whatnot like there's no formal step and community is as helpful as they can mental health is a whole different area i feel personally i feel you need to have that background Mm. to have that conversation and even the community leaders are great at what they do i feel if they have a, a mental health background they would know how to have a more how can i say this informed discussion yeah and a, and a more informed diagnosis do you know what i mean so there's a bit of a gap in the community in i definitely sense. agree yeah yeah okay. um i never reached out to any of my community during this time mm. if anything i feel like because i was working so heavily in it in the, at the time i felt like they i was put on a pedestal like people really respected me and they saw my work and I was doing and I am still doing very very well in it no one even knew or no one even knows till this day Mm. and um, I'm in a way I'm thankful that that my work didn't get affected in that in that way no one even knew and no one still does know but in a way um yeah, it's 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 a it's a very weird weird thing. They no one knew and it, and I got away with that. Mm. Well, 
just to move things along, you did sort of, um, you did mention that you saw, you did see someone a few times, a handful of times about it. Yeah. So how did that go for you? It went, it went well. Um, it, I, I wanted to talk and that, that's the first thing because I'm analyzing my own issues gets me into a deep, a bigger pickle than when I, I, what I realized. So I, I saw counselor on and off six, five, six times at uni, um, sporadically. Like I think the, in, in 2011, 2010 time, I saw them twice Hmm. Not the same person, but a counselor on campus. And then um, I saw someone else three times and then they were saying we should, we should probably have a deeper chat. And then I came home and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, how, it's just, I talked myself out of it for the following up and they rang my phone a few times asked me to make an appointment they prioritized me because the uni has a full line because as a student of Macquarie you get free counseling and free um, psychologists at your fingertips which is a great service Mm. but I completely completely froze I froze I just was like I don't know how to I don't know if this is the right thing to do and I don't, and, and am I really that broken? Like then I started asking all these questions because I feel like mental health, like when you think about it, you think about, you get really like the movie images and how people are always crazy or whatnot. And I'm like, am I crazy? Like am th- those thoughts. And I'm, then I, then I went to myself, I don't have time because I have to do my thesis or I have to do this or I have to do that. And dear God, that was the most dumbest thing I've ever done. Because post-thesis, like, I'm not even proud of it. Like, I'm not. I felt like I could have done a better job if I actually talked to someone. Mm. I didn't get the marks that I wanted. Didn't. Um, I I did well. I passed. But I was barely scraping by. I was barely scraping by. I... It was one of the worst periods of my whole life. That was a very bad year for me. And I felt like my my supervision was very bad. I had no support during that entire period. I was handling this thing and there was no one there to help me. I hadn't felt so alone in my life until that that period. And I remember when I, I remember when I submitted it. You know when you feel like when you submit something online, you're just like, oh, it's done. I threw my physically threw my laptop across the floor and I, I I buckled in the fetal position I started crying and my parents were like what is what's what's on? I'm just like it's done I'm free and I remember like my mom's like what, why are you going so crazy it's just a paper I'm like mom that, that was the worst thing I've ever done to myself until this day, I, I, I'm not proud of it. I don't look at it and I go, oh, I wrote that. I look at it and I go, that was the worst year of my life. Mm. Um, so there's a sense of regret with not dealing with what was going on yeah. in that time. That thesis reminds me of all the things that I hated. 
Mm. It reminded me of that terrible, like I, it was just bad supervision, bad, um, bad memories of the year when my, when my cousin was deceased. I, I lost my house that same year. We had to, it was just so many things that went negatively. And then on top, I wanted that to be my pride and joy, the thing that saved me, my work that always saved me. But it didn't because I was not handled well. And when I got the marks back, I was like, yeah, but, but then I had to redo my thesis, bits of it. Well, you have to do corrections and whatnot. I I did my minor corrections, but I just didn't want to see it again. And I don't look at it and go, oh, I, I did that. I looked at it and I went, well, yeah, that's done. Boom. I want to move on. Kind of felt like, you know how some kids do their uni degree, like their bachelor's and like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Then I'm, and I never understood that feeling. I'm like, you know, I'm proud of my bachelor's. I did a great, and I did have a great bachelor's. I had a really good GPA and everything. I was so proud of it. That's why I went and did my master's, which was my biggest regret. But I felt like when I finished it, I was like, oh, no, nah, done. I don't want to think about it. That you was terrible. Mm. Okay. Did I even answer the question? I went on another tangent. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> it was about the the treatment and stuff, and like just having regrets about it, and like not following that through. That was basically what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I do. I have regrets. Mm. That's a strong word for me. Do I have regrets? I regret not not at least giving taking it further and having a conversation about it. Yeah. I regret closing that door mm. because maybe I wouldn't be where I am now. Maybe it would have cleared up a lot quicker and I would have functioned better. I would have made better decisions. Maybe I wouldn't have regretted my thesis. Mm. Maybe I would have been in a better headspace. Maybe I would have made better decisions. Maybe it would have helped me in those areas. Yeah. I guess in that way, yeah, I do regret it. Mm. Um, it would have been a lot more painless. Yeah. I, I, I definitely see that now. Okay. Hmm. It's a, it's hard to admit, but... Uh, no, it's true. Good, it's good that you have admitted it. Yeah, it's, it definitely is. Like, I... I it's, it's, it's your... It's crushing my ego down and saying, hey, like, put that aside and mm. really be honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that would have been a better thing to do. Mm. Okay. And during your low period, did you... Did you ever have suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's a normal thing. Some people... I feel someone has always gone through a moment where they've just been like, hey, I just, just want all to be gone. Mm. And yes, I have. That's why I called the uni psychologist. Yep. Going, I can't commit to the things that I said I was going to commit to. And they, We stayed on the phone for a good 30, 20 to 30 minutes. I... I had the thoughts. I never went through with them. Thank God, because I'm here. Mm. But I had everything to do it. Mm. We all do. They're all. It's not. Unfortunately, you know, we all we're all well versed in how to end ourselves. At least I was. Um, I did very strong ones. Mm. Thankfully, I didn't go through with them. Thankfully, I did pick up the phone. 
Yeah. That that also takes courage to do. I feel absolutely. Just, I'm glad that I, that I did. Yeah, because it's difficult to admit that you you're in in that space at, at the time, and like it's good to like that you went through with making the phone call and yeah, getting through it for sure. Yeah. It was definitely tough. How are you dealing with things now, and how is it different to when? things started happening and you started to sort of deal with it yeah so when I finished uni I took a job in an office I felt like I needed a new environment Mm. that job was good to a point um it helped me save for my first holiday on my own completely saved it I remember when I got my first, I paid for everything myself, my passport, every little detail. And um, I was glad that I just needed something totally different, something mind numbing. Because when you were in my position, you were reading a lot and I needed to, I need, I wanted to just cleanse myself from that experience. So I stayed in that job for two years and then... I remember when I was on the plane traveling, I was hyper emotional. Uh, And I remember I hugged my mom and I got on the plane and that entire journey was 30 hours. I don't think I stopped crying, but that was good because I needed to be on my own to really get all the tears out of my body and all the hurt, all the the things I was feeling Mm. that I just needed to be on my own for that moment. Because as I was reminiscing on the plane um in all my environments during up to uni and stuff and everything that was happening in between I didn't have a break for myself I didn't have my own space Mm. even at home I don't have my own room I share so I didn't have my own space to let it all out but when I was on the plane I remember the guy sitting next to me was really worried but I guess kept crying and crying and crying and not not like completely like teary like forever crying but like I'd well up and I'd have moments but it was so nice because when I landed um to to my destination I felt so fresh and I started building my it was building my own experiences building my own connections and it was so refreshing for me to have that I haven't I hadn't left Sydney in 15 years I was in the same environments constantly meeting with the same people but it was really important for me to have a fresh environment just so I could just get that refreshment and I was there for a good bit and then I came back to Sydney and everyone said to me good welcome like you know it's good to have you back but they meant Mm. in a way where you seem better you seem so much healthier yeah that yeah. sort of um that sort of resonates with something I posted on the Facebook page oh, of yeah? the podcast that uh, a while back it was like an interview with a with a football slash soccer player oh yeah who um you know he he had his difficult times and he was like suicidal oh, and he he basically said like this quote that he said really sticks out I think it applies to you a lot it, he yeah. said um if you've sort of lost yourself in life a little bit, um, something good to do is to reinvent yourself. 
So does that resonate with you a little bit? Yeah, totally. Uh, I actually didn't realize I was so bad. Like I was just, my mum told me to go. She said to me, you know, take annual and go. And I quit my job and I went. Like I felt like that also, that job was getting to a little bit of a dead end and I felt it, but this time I had that confidence to say I got to go. Yeah. So I, I left it and, you know, I came back to Sydney and I was like, I'm going to figure this out. Mm. And that took a lot of confidence because I had bills to pay. I, you know, I'm not just, I'm not just living at home. Like I do help out. I have, you know, my own, I was, I was paying my own stuff. So when I came back to Sydney, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to dig something out. I'm going to go, I'm going to take it. And I did. I came back to Sydney I'm, I now found, I found my own gig. And I, one thing I learned was another thing I want to help myself, as you said, bring back to the question, I've stopped getting, I've stopped being defined by my work. Mm. I stopped that mentality. I'm like, that's dangerous. Yeah. It's good that you're good at your job, but it shouldn't define you. So I stepped back and I've been stepping back for a few years just so I can, just so I can be healthy. Because I want to, I want to, I, yes, I want to be good at what I do. And I know I'm good at what I do. So I don't need to keep telling myself that. Uh, in a generation when you see, so when, you've, when you're in my industry of, of the performance arts, you see so many people on Instagram, so many people blowing, like quote unquote blowing up, uh, so many people doing so well. And then it's so tempting to compare yourself to these people and go, hey, I, why am I not? You know, but that's one thing I say to myself because it's not my journey and it's not my path. And I chose to be the way I am, the way I am. And I want to be healthy. That's mm. my priority. So for me, that was that was that moment. I don't want to be defined by my work. My work is my work. I love it and I'm good at it. But I want to try and be good at other things, too. So I started uh, I w- I'm not working completely in my field. I'm doing other things. My work is in a few different, I've got my feet in a few different places and it's making me quite happy to be honest. Mm. It's keeping me sane to be able to exercise different parts of me that I thought I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. So you definitely reinvented yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Who or what got you through the most difficult times? So those times when, you know, around the thesis time, I guess. What what got you through that? Oh, dear. My mom. <laughs> Ironically, definitely my mom. I think she knew, but she never said anything. Um, yeah, she definitely was there, like, in a very weird way. It's just... <sighs> oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's just little things like packing your lunch or... You know, laundry's all clean. So, yeah, that was... She definitely got me through everything. Mm. Like, she didn't ask any questions. That was important. Um, so is it like, uh, like a cultural thing as well? Like, she sort of knew, but she didn't, like, sort of directly My talk mom's about not it. invasive mm. as a character. I, I feel like not all mums are like that. I've... I know not all moms are like that. Uh, my mom is invasive. Don't get me wrong. Like if there's something going on, like and she she she'll probe. 
but mm. it's just a lot of patience yeah. for me. Um, it's also not very common for mothers from my culture of my religion to let their kids go on a on a trip where they like just 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 oh, I, just take care of yourself, mm. enjoy, but make sure you're safe. Yeah. So that's not common. Not many mums do that in my cult, religion. It's looked down on. Till this day, a lot of people don't know I went. Only people on Facebook know because I was checking in. But community-wise, no. It's it's a little bit shunned on. Okay. So my mum definitely did lots of uncon- – she's unconventional for sure in her methods. Mm. She let me go. Um she definitely was a big reason why and friends i i'm trying to think actually yeah i can't say my friends didn't do anything because they tried Mm. they can't help they can't help my problem but they tried that's the most important thing they were they were there i didn't feel them all the time that's not that's not on them but they were there they didn't leave me alone and then to be honest i'm not that close with all of them anymore at that time they were there but the friends i have now the friends that are around me now actually i still have a few like i'm just yeah the friends that i have now who who were there from that time and who have carried on to being my close friends now i really i really do love them and i really just make make sure i value them and take time for them and um Every my parents know all my friends, which is what one thing I love. Like I feel, I feel we all know each other's, you know, fam not families, but each other's. Like they're important to me, so they're important to my family, and my family loves them just as much. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 fact that your friends were there, and then you said like some aren't around anymore. Yeah, but the fact that when you were going through your stuff and they were there, like, sort of offered themselves, I'm assuming. Yeah. I guess that's something important to put out there for people that, like, you know, if someone's going through stuff and you notice, it actually does mean so much that they are there. Like, they might not be able to directly help you because that that has to come from you. But the fact that they're there, just knowing that someone is there is really powerful and i think it's the hardest job being a friend who's listening Mm. you're the friend who has to hear your friend talk about their issues that's the hardest job in the world yeah it's very very draining i I, to be honest i'm not friends with those friends who who were there at that time in those situations not like we had our own we had our own issues unrelated to me unrelated to them just lifestyle got in the way and everything and we just grew apart that's life Mm. but i will never forget that and if they have anything going on i'll always be there for them because they were there for me yeah but that's definitely right i agree with you okay um what advice would you give to someone who went through something similar to you or they might be going through something similar right now. What what advice would you give? Oh, my God. Just be honest with yourself. Be honest about what's going on. That's the hardest thing, but it's the best thing for you. 
I remember I wasn't honest with myself about a lot of things. I kept saying I'm okay because I'm a very strong personality in my opinion. And I've been told that as well. You're very strong. And uh, because my work defined me, I also felt like it. my ego was also very strong because like, oh, you're better than that. You can, you can do this. And because of that, I feel like I lost track. It's like, no, it's not about your work. It's about you. It's mm. not about you had to separate that. That took a lot of time. I definitely say just be honest with you, yourself first. And number two, if you are from a cultural background or from whatever you are, remember to remember that it's not a cultural thing. Firstly, your health, health is never cultural. Like just like getting the flu is not cultural. Mm. Same thing with the sick. Like this is it's, it's just another sickness even if it's a mental sickness, it's just like going to get like, you know, just a moxel for maybe um, a few weeks and then maybe that's all you need. But it's just, sickness is not a culture. It's it's definitely something that has its period and hopefully you'll get over it if you get to it early. Yeah. So it's about trying to break down that barrier. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Good advice there. <laughs> Um, Thanks. So what do you wish someone had told you in your most difficult times or when you were younger and it started building up? Mm, what did I wish someone told me? I wish someone just... I wish someone just gave me a hug, mm. <laughs> honestly. I feel like, especially when I was younger, uh, I didn't get a hug. I remember when I first got my hug and someone just said, it's okay. That's when I just melted and just cried and I cried and I cried. And it felt so good. Just I just wanted a hug. Mm. Sometimes you just need someone to tell you it's okay. I didn't have that. Especially when I wasn't telling my mom or my dad mm. that, hey, this is going on. Because they didn't need that stress. They had their own stresses. And trust me, they had bad ones. Sometimes when they're going through their own stress, I didn't, you don't want to put it on someone else. Uh, I just wanted a hug and say, hey, you know, you're, you know it's, it's okay. You'll be fine. That's all. Mm. That's all. I know that's really lame, but that's all. That's no, not lame. Cause <laughs> it's, I think it's, um, there's a lot to it, I think. Like it's a simple I think it's a simple thing that it's does the little a lot. things yeah. like I, like I was mentioning to you, my mom just making my laundry was safe or this was the that was me the biggest thing. Well, that brings us to the listener questions. Okay, so we got a couple for you today. Hit so me, <laughs> Barney from Sydney wants to know how did your family react to your uh, situation? Uh, I guess uh, I guess. You didn't really tell them during the time, but how did they react when you told them eventually? I haven't told them. Really? No. Okay. I it's a good it's a good question because uh, no, I haven't told them. I just feel like if I did, it wouldn't it would because it's all over now. Not all over, like mm. you never know. But just it's we've I overcame all of that. You know what's really funny? The the day I found out. This is sort of related uh, that I had issues is my mom was like I, she was asking me to 
to vacuum or something. It was a mundane sort of uh, like a cleaning task. And I was literally, I think the vacuum was on and I had it and I it was on the floor and, excuse me, I mean, I was, it was just, it was, I wasn't, you know how you, that motion where you're pulling it backwards and, excuse me, backwards and forwards. Mm. I was doing, I wasn't doing that. I was just looking out the window, like blank. And I was like, huh. And my mom's like, hello. She was just snapping her fingers. I was like, I was like, yeah, what's up? And mom's just like, are you, what's wrong with you? Mm. And that's the first time it triggered me. I was like, oh no, there is something going on. Yeah. Uh, she did that a few times to me that day. Cause I was float, I was floating off in my, my thoughts and everything. Mm. And my mom was like, what, what is wrong with you? And she didn't say it in a way where it was like, you know, aggressive. She was speaking to me like she was like, what, where, where are you right now? Like you, you even there, like you, this is, this is not you. Mm. That's when I, that's honestly when this whole clicked in that, oh, something wrong. Not something yep. wrong, but that I needed to have a conversation about this or see someone. Okay. Um, but they don't know otherwise. My mom has, I think my mom knows that I'm upset, that, I, that, I, that I've had things that have made me upset progressively mm. due to my own disappointments, due to, you know, expectations that you do have in life. But she has always, in her very indirect way, helped me get out of everything. Mm. like pointed me you know like a parent just guides their kids in a very indirect way hey maybe you should you know go on holiday or maybe go see this person or maybe you know whatnot yeah, yeah. definitely she's been like the trigger like the trigger for the the therapy the, the healing part of it if yeah. you want to call it healing but do you think you'll tell them someday that you went through that stuff if if um if there's something that, if, if, if it's, I always find a way to relate it. I, if I'm having a conversation with my mom and dad, like if they are, if they're just like, you know, oh, I'm going through this. I'm like, you know what? I went through that too. Mm. And then I explain like, this is what happened. This is what I did. Uh, I think it'll take them like, I, the way I always approach things because I'm very unconventional. I've, I've never, I know, I know my parents by now. In terms of my family structure, I'm very unconventional mm. uh, with with my work. I've I had to fight for a lot of things, and yeah. it's not been an issue because in the end, it's worth fighting for. I believe everything is worth fighting for. Whenever I speak with them, I always ease them into something, and I always ease them into everything. So I hopefully, with time, when I'm more comfortable with it myself, then I'm definitely going to have a conversation about it, and mm. I would like to when I'm more comfortable because I'm still like, this is a big step for me to even come here and talk to you about it. So my whole mission is to get comfortable with what I went through and what it is. Cause that's the only way how I'm going to get better. And when I'm more comfortable for sure, yeah, I'd love to talk to them when I have more control on how I feel about myself. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So the second listener question is from Shaima from Algeria. Awesome. And she wants to know, did your culture impact you in some sort of way that uh, impacted your mental health in turn? Yeah. Because there was no one who I knew who seeked help. Mm. So there was no way I knew how to do it. I um, I didn't have a guideline. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what it was. 
And when you're constantly, when you're in a Western culture and you're not like white Australian or, you know, from a Western like lineage, I would say it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of different. Like you've mentioned, it's, it's different in the West. It's a lot more open in our culture. It's kind of like, Oh, but that's not what we do. That's what Australians do. And I'm like, no, I am Australian. I've lived here all my life. And mm. yes, we are in a first world. That's why we have first world problems. I'm not saying that sarcastically. We have a different lifestyle here. We have different things we worry about, different stresses, maybe not, maybe financial and um, like material things are like not as harder to achieve. And that's why they're not our stresses, but we have different stresses, things mm. that we have. Uh, uh, things that we prioritize that are our stresses, so our mental health, our relationships and whatnot. So um, so you think the um, the cultural barrier that existed for you, did it culminate the, the escalation that happened for you a little bit? I guess that's... Yeah, I guess like, yeah. I'm trying to think about how to answer this. Yes and Yes and no. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is like, like that cultural conflict, like mm. I am Australian, but I'm also like, I'm also ethnic. What do I do? Like I'm Muslim, like how do Muslims handle it? But I'm also Australian, but Australians handle it this way. Mm. So which way do I take? It's always been that kind of struggle. Um, so yeah, I feel like it definitely influenced my decision-making. Yeah. Uh, yeah mm. it's almost scary to say that it did but yeah it did definitely okay well thank you to the listeners for all those those questions. were great questions so good questions that sort of concludes the the main chunk of the podcast okay. stuff so i want to talk about where you're at now and like how things are going for you now so what are you most proud to have accomplished so far in life I, um, I'm glad, I'm glad to have more balance. I'm doing my performance gigs. I'm also doing a lot of freelancing gigs and I'm also, I'm also holding up a day job and that's fun. It's, it's so much fun. And the, I remember like everyone said to me, you can not be friends with people you work with. I find that so, so bizarre because I'm actually very good friends with everyone I work with at where I'm working at right now very great relationships with people that's so nice to say honestly it's so it's so nice mm. and uh I'm freelancing while I'm I'm doing my performance stuff I see my family a lot more than I I didn't see them before but I see them a lot more I take a lot of time out for, I take as much time as I can for yeah. them as well mm. so it's that it's just that balance Having to prioritize, I, I now say no. I never said no before. I now say no, like I, I say no to social things, social things I don't want to be part of. Hmm. People that I don't really, you know how some people invite you out. It's like, hey, like let's go here, let's go there. And I don't really want to be a part of it because I, I don't feel connected. I say no now. Yeah. I say, no, it's it's cool. You guys go on. Because now I just listen to my gut a lot more. It's it's nice. Mm. I I lost that along the way, but I wanna I wanna be able to say no to things. Okay. Yeah. 
And what are you working towards at the moment? What am I working towards? In terms of mental health or just life? Life in general. I'm working towards an EP. That's that's, cool. that's one thing I really am working towards. I'm working towards just doing that. Being being work focused in a very different way. I I, I want I, I'm making my own stuff, uh, but not having those crazy work hours and not having that crazy sort of I'm going to lock people out sort of thing. It's taking a lot longer. Yes, I agree. But everything else is sort of like it's taking longer because everything else around me is sort of keeping up like my my social life, like people I care about. I'm still keeping up with my parents. I'm still keeping up with my siblings. I'm keeping up with everything. You know, you can't just be on one extreme. Yeah. So I'm making sure everything is sort of handled. Mm. And yes, it's taking a little longer for my work to come into fruition, but everything else is keeping up. So that's less stress for me. And I'm realizing that that's one thing that I want less of. Okay. Yeah. Great. And what do you hope for the future? Longer term, I guess. Long term. Ah. I definitely. It's funny. Like my, I'd love to, I'd love to have a long term, long term work in LA. Mm. I'd, I'd love to be there because that's where my work is. That's where, like, that's one thing I really liked about when I went there this year, like last year, I got a lot of, I met a lot of people that are in my field and a lot of artists and it's not that hard to network there and it's not that hard to, everyone, there's, it's a very different culture. Mm. Um, people, I think American culture in general, everyone's very more friendly. They love to work. Every single person you meet is wanting to work. So I think um, I'd like to have that opportunity to just, go there and really submit my EP, work on a few things. Uh, that would be nice. And um, I, I I don't know, I'm like, I feel like a gypsy. I, I don't know where my feet will be planted or if they'll ever be planted. But for now, it's I feel like I'm still on a self, like you're saying, reinvention, self-discovery, mm. different part. I, I just want to keep discovering mm. and seeing where that takes me. I I never know. It's like I never knew, never planned that whole episode of me breaking down. I'm trying to keep it fairly, fairly, fairly. Let's see what happens. Okay. But let's just be sensible about it and make sure that along the journey, everyone is also with me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's what Good I answer. Thank you. All right. You want to get another question from the question sure. box? See what we get. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is great. In a film about your life, what song would you play at the start and the end? <laughs> I already have a song. <laughs> it's um, I, I said it as a joke, but it's kind of, um, okay, there's a song by Aloe Black. Mm. It's called A King Is Born. <laughs> Okay. I love it's just it's just like a it's like a running joke but it's it's kind of like I love that song it's very inspiring um it's very upbeat um 
Yeah, it's kind of cheeky. It kind of reminds me of myself. Kind of, kind of funny. Kind of cheeky. Mm. Kind of taking the piss out of yourself. Mm. So I, whenever I listen to it, I'm just like, yeah, that is me. And I am a Leo as well. Mm. So the king kind of symbol, the the lion. It kind of it kind of just ties in with this lot of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That song. I'm not sure. I, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Maybe I'll it's check a, it out. It's a very funny. It, it's not funny, but everyone listens to it. It's kind of narcissistic. I, I agree, and I, okay. I don't know, but it's it's funny. I just I just giggle when I hear it. I'm like, oh, love this song. <laughs> well, that actually brings us nicely to the next part. So oh, yeah. On the podcast, we also like to promote feeling good and. What yeah. I, what I, the way I like to do that is to ask every guest what their ultimate feel-good song is. Oh. So what's yours? At the, it's really hard to choose, but at the moment, what do you reckon? Uh, my feel-good song? Uh, it's like I, I don't think of a very, very happy, happy, happy song when I think of a feel-good song. I um, actually I love Black and Gold by Sam Sparrow. Mm. Because that's my that's my go to song. If everyone says, "Hey, I," they just shove me a gig last minute. I am like, okay, I'll play that song. And whenever I do, I'm in a zone. I'm in. I'm, I take every time I perform. Everyone's like, "I'm I'm with you." Like they they don't feel like they're in the same venue. Mm. They all go somewhere with me, and I feel like that's so powerful. Yeah. Uh, and people lose sensation of this. Like I've I've heard it's like I don't I didn't feel like I was in blah watching you i felt like i was with you the whole time that's the kind of journey i like the taking people on my journey getting them lost in my space and i'm just so connected to that song so whenever i play that song i feel confident i feel so happy and that's my feel good because i feel free when i sing it all right yeah should we listen to a tiny bit of it yeah sure let me just grab my phone yeah all right that'll do yeah so uh you know we don't have time to listen to the whole song now but definitely go check it out yeah go check it out yeah it's it sounds really like disco and up tempo but the version i play is more bluesy and Mm. soulful nice so that's fun cool all right well that brings us to the final question of the podcast Alrighty. Um, so I'd just like to know what's one final thing you would want people listening to take away from all this You're not alone and you should never give up on yourself. Uh, that's that's the best thing I could say. It's it's just honestly the simplest things that count. You're not alone. Definitely. And don't give up on you. Like the 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 world is such a big place. There's like billions of us in it. And you know, it's you're you're just as valuable. Never get that. Never let the numbers overtake you. And that that's one advice I would say to everybody, especially in a world where we are on Instagram and Facebook, and there's so many numbers everywhere, likes and everything. Um, you know, you're just as important. You have you have something to say, and you are just as important. That's that's all, I guess. Mm, that's a good message to put out there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. Um, My pleasure. Thanks for having it's, it's me. It's been good having you here. And uh, Let's go yeah. get a raid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that 
concludes this episode thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast as always please like and subscribe on facebook soundcloud itunes podcast app and hopefully i'll have the instagram up and running by by the time this is out so check us out on instagram too thanks very much for listening bye you need to talk to someone about your mental health there is help available don't be afraid to open up to your family or friends if you're in australia you can call lifeline on 13 11 14 they offer free 24-hour crisis support and suicide prevention for those of you overseas i encourage you to find out what services are available to you